You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast, so if you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot, turn this off before you get butt hurt and mad, start to cry, have to run to your safe space. All opinions are those of the host and his guest, and do not reflect the opinions of any government agency. Welcome to another episode of Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Dice Man. As always, got a special guest this evening. Uh, gonna introduce him here. It's uh, K9 Maximus 506 on TikTok. Uh, he can give you his name or whatever. When he works, uh, if he wants to give you his department, that's up to him. Also, everybody knows I'm, I'm anonymous. So, um, that had to have pictures. If you're on the live feed and not on the audio, you can go to the live feed and look. There's pictures of him in both of his K9s. He'll explain that coming up so let's welcome uh k9 maximus 506 how you doing buddy good man how are you doing i'm great and excited to have you here yeah, i'm excited too uh i usually ask a few questions uh they're not really relevant uh, relevant too much but uh what is your favorite movie my favorite movie would probably be i mean i've had several over the years and then new ones come out but um i say into watch you know i Oh yeah, I've seen really, that movie several times. Yeah, yeah, that movie kind of really wraps it all up in one for me. So, pretty much so, except for the part of taking your badge off and fist fight bad guys. But right, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, me either. But uh, I've thought it maybe a couple of times. Yeah, oh, I've thought about it myself also. <laughs> what is uh, <laughs> what's your favorite drink? Well, I'm not. A, I don't drink. Um, I don't drink alcohol. You have to um, drink something. Man. Yeah, it's probably Gatorade. I drink a lot of Gatorade in the summer with the dog and everything. We, you know, doing tracking. Um, we do a lot of we do a lot of a uh, lot of stuff that requires you know rehydration and stuff like that. So I'd probably say Gatorade because I I'm drink I drink that quite often. What flavor? Uh, well, I'm really into this Blue Zero without the sugar stuff. You know, mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, the doctor wants me to uh, watch my my sugar intake so of course you know you know you gotta listen to doctors well yeah my doctor tells me stuff all the time it's right so much, <laughs> it's so much fun uh, mainly it's the wife who tells me but she's the doctor too so. oh, oh i see i understand we well, better listen to the wife happy wife happy life right that that's exactly right <laughs> uh i don't know if you write a lot of tickets or not if you're ever doing it but are you a, a 10 or a 15 mile an hour of a guy you know that question's always I'm, i do fto too so i do a lot of field training and i always tell the guys you know you got to pick your number you know what, what's your number and you know the the new cops that come on all these new kids you know the, they'll hit it at five i'm like whoa whoa hold on five <laughs> if we if we we stopping them at five we're gonna have lots of reports so um you know i my deal is I'll stop you at, at 10, 12. Um, 
you're getting a ticket at 20. But, you know, it, it just really depends. I mean, some there's always an excuse, you know. Tears don't do it for me. I've been cried on so many times. And, uh, you know, it's just my, my main thing is, you know, we go back and look at priors when we call it in. And, uh, you know, I'll ask, you know, do they have any priors for speeding or anything like that? And then they'll, you know, if they come back and go, yeah, they've got like 15, they get a ticket. But um, so you you know, being a... a cop is educational. You know, you want to try to leave them with something. I, I feel like sometimes if I I leave them with something, something all the time, it's a ticket. But yeah, so I, you know, I think given a warning, you know, sometimes hits hits it easier than uh giving a ticket you know they'll look at it and think you know hey i appreciate the break you know i'll, I'll slow down so to all my listeners pray to god if you ever get pulled over it's by k9 maximus and not the ice man because the ice man is gonna as y'all know is gonna write you a ticket <laughs> <laughs> but you said something about a report y'all have to write a report every time you write a ticket every time oh. every every ticket is a is a report every Basically, everything we do is a report anymore. Wow. Just, you know, way times are nowadays, we uh, we have to write a report on almost everything, you know, a dog call or anything like that. There's no HBOs anymore. So. Well, thank goodness that I do not have to do that with my department, or I would be writing a lot, because I'll go out on some days and write 15 or 20 plus tickets in just, you know, a couple of hours. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's grants. I don't know if you guys work some of that grant stuff where you go out and you write the tickets for the motorist safety type stuff, grants where they we, we do have some of those, yeah. You know, those, you know, I by the by the grant, they want us to write those tickets because it's uh you know, trying trying to keep public safety at the best. And you know, on those times that we've done that, I mean it's nothing for me to write twenty or twenty five tickets in a day. Right. Uh, okay. Working the working the highways and doing that. You know, I do a lot of I don't do a lot of speed stuff. Um, like just looking, I do interdiction since I have the canine. So I do a whole lot more interdiction work looking for drug traffickers, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I got you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll get into this a little bit. If you're on a laugh, you see he is up here. He has his one canine dog, which is that, that a lab? Yep. She's a yellow lab. She's a, I take it. She's just a, a drug dog. She does, narco- she does narcotics and tracking. Yep. And you got the, sh- that, that's a shepherd, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, West German, West German shepherd. And it's a she uh, also? No, it's a he. Okay. He's a. He's in training. He, he is in training currently. Yes. So he's, uh, he'll be 14 weeks on Tuesday. He, um, he came out of, uh, Lynn, Missouri out of Willow Haas canine. Um, you guys can look that up on Facebook. She's an amazing, uh, she's an amazing breeder and trainer and everything, but we got her, uh, or we got him, uh, when he was eight weeks old, we ended up, you know, starting with him with imprinting on narcotics. So we've imprinted him on every narcotic that we're going for. Um, so it's, you know, he's not imprinted on marijuana just because of the marijuana law stuff that's changing so much. I'm pretty sure it's. Well on its way to being legal everywhere soon, or mostly mostly legalized anyway. Right, right. At least medical, you know. Yeah, I mean, you really don't need a dog to smell marijuana. <laughs> no, I, you and I talked about this yeah. the other day. I mean, I don't think I've ever deployed Raven in a situation where she found marijuana that I didn't already smell. Yeah. You know, um, they don't call it skunk kinda... weed for no reason. Right, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. 
well, you know, and I'm not writing tickets for seeds. Yeah. So, oh, I got you. I, I pull weed off of people all the time. Just I'm talking, you know, uh, personal use amount. It's nothing, no felony, nothing like that. And I usually, at this point in my career, I will take it and throw it away in front of them because, especially nowadays, I don't need anybody. Before, I used to just put it in my unit and dispose of it. You know, yeah. in a different, I'd flush it or whatever, but I make sure I dispose of it in front of them now so I don't get accused of taking their marijuana. Taking their stash. Smoking <laughs> it or selling it or whatever. Right. So I right. dispose of it right there in front of their face. But I usually don't I a, give them tickets. I usually don't even give them tickets for it anymore. I'm like, look, Merry Christmas. Don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had a buddy one time. He uh, did a traffic stop and. He busted a guy for some weed and he was telling me about it. He goes, yeah, I, I dumped it out on the side of the road, um, you know, show in front of the guy and everything. And he said about six months later, he drove by and he realized there was marijuana plants growing <laughs> in the ditch. <laughs> Whoops. And, you know, and, and most people, I mean, you, you see everybody wearing like marijuana leaf shirts and stuff like that, or a hat, you know? Um, and so he, he said that he saw that and, uh, he was just thinking about it like the next week. He's like, man, I should probably go over there and get somebody to cut that down. And he went driving by and Gone. there were some dudes out there cultivating that stuff. Cutting <laughs> it down. He, he ended up arresting them for possession. We because were just, they were out there trying. We're just trimming it. <laughs> just think if, uh, just think how awkward it would have been if, uh, you know how them road crews, them inmate road crews come by picking right. up trash and stuff. <laughs> right. They hit the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> this was just growing on side the road. Yeah, and I could just see the judge hearing that too. You know, well, how did you come about with this? And it's like, oh, it was growing on the side of the road. But, um, you know, you get ditch weed. We have what they call ditch weed around here. Um, and, and people, it literally looks like marijuana. People try to smoke that stuff. And I'm just, I laugh at them. I just, it's their, their ding-dongs. We, we have some of that here. We also, uh, we have people now that uh, they'll grow hemp. Yep. And, yep. of course, it looks just like marijuana too. And I, they have like big fields of hemp, and it's like, no, you cannot go. You can smoke it, but I don't think it's going to do nothing to you at all. Yeah. So, so y'all train y'all. Y'all, I mean, did y'all train y'all's own dogs like that? Because uh, I, so, I think our people, I think basically they mostly right here to use melonwise, but I think they had come like pre-trained almost from a company, and then they the canine officers go to school with the dogs so they can work right. together. So with Raven, she when I got Raven, she was what they told me was she was about a year and a half old. Found out she was probably more two and a half years old, but she was out of Georgia. She was a lab that they had found in Atlanta that was pretty much left for dead in a ditch. They rescued her. Um, she had super high ball drive, which means they love to play with the ball. They they just th those are good narcotics dogs because they want to work. Um, so they, they shipped her off to Rikers Island, the women's prison up in New York. And, uh, they did obedience with her, trained her in obedience and everything. And, uh, she did really well. So they were going to send her to, from that to, uh, be a service dog, uh, was the goal. So she'd work with like the elderly people that had medical conditions, you know, PTSD, stuff like that. She went there, she went through some training and she wouldn't work or she didn't work out there because she was, she had been taking the tennis balls off the bottom of like the elderly's walkers. 
So, and she was running off with walkers with these tennis balls on them. So, uh, it was, it was was funny. I mean, it's funny, it's funny (laughs) now, you know, but, uh, so they couldn't figure out what to do with her. She's super smart. They sent her to narcotics school. Uh, she got trained. I went to Texas for two weeks. Um, and at the end of two weeks, uh, her and I were deployed back in the town and we were working. So, um, she was fully trained, like she's fully ready to go. Um, all I had to be is the dummy on the other end of the leash and, uh, let her work. And that's the way she is now. Um, so I'm a little spoiled and with Maximus, I've had to do all the imprinting. I do all that stuff with him. Um, he's 24 seven with me by my side. Um, you know, the very first day I brought him home, we threw him in the back of the kennel and he rode for two and a half hours with me back home. And that was a long two and a half hours of howling and barking and <laughs> everything. And, uh, we've got him back and we've, you know, had him what now, eight, six weeks. And he's imprinted on all, all narcotics. He knows, he knows the smell of narcotics. Um, he can alert to them. Um, he hasn't perfected the search, you know, stuff like that, but he, you know, he knows where they are. Uh, we train with, uh, training tubes, but, uh, he does really good. He's going to be narcotics, um, patrol and tracking. Um, so we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. We're only one of three dogs in our area. We don't, we don't have a big canine presence here. So there's some departments here in Louisiana. Some of them have, uh, my old department I used to work at, they used to, I'm not sure. I'm not, cause I haven't been there in several, several years, but they, there used to be uh, a canine on each shift. Plus, uh, the interdiction guys had canines and stuff like that. So they had at least, I think six or seven or something. They did have a canine that worked with one SRS, but it was kind of, uh, she was just a drug dog. It was like a lab. It wasn't a, didn't no bite work whatsoever because you didn't want right. you know, to keep a dog in and out of schools that much that was going to do bite work. Right, right. Well, in Ravens in and out of the schools. Um, I teach Dare too, and so um, in the Dare program, I utilize her a lot. Um, like if I get the top Dare student of the week, I, I let Raven go sit down by him. I'll tell her, you know, sit, stay there, and she hangs out with the kids. Um, she sits in the middle of the groups. So she's real docile. Um, she wouldn't bite anybody unless they stole her food. I think that would be the only time she'd ever bite anybody. Then we got some of your people on here. Sharon Goodwin says she is my canine Maximus. Yep, that's Sharon, uh, Sharon Goodwin. <laughs> she is uh, uh, she's a lady that takes she, – she's a good friend of ours. She takes care of uh, all the booking stuff with Maximus. Uh, for all the stuff that we do, um, she she's a big drive behind uh, what we do. She's also the one that got me my new patrol car. She's the one that got it donated and everything. And so, so she, you better be nice to her. She's getting you a new new unit and all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, no, she, some, uh, Miss Sharon needs some hugs. <laughs> she uh, she got a new uh, she got us a new twenty uh, twenty 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 Tahoe. Uh, it's all decked out, so it's probably more stuff than I need. But uh, she she doesn't do anything short. It's probably got a grenade launcher on top of it. So, uh, but she she's an amazing woman. Uh, she's also my moderator and also my ambassador for Canine right. Maximus on TikTok. So. Well, I do have a question for a gen- from a Jennifer Elizabeth. For he says, do canines require a mandated or a certain amount of rest period after an apprehension? So, as far as apprehension goes. It's a, it's just a rule of thumb that when canines do that, they're going to get rest. We're not, you know, 
the rest period comes in after the the apprehension. We, we rest the dogs. We water them. We do everything. Um, anything that I do with Raven, no matter what it is, I always do a self-check um, just to make sure she didn't ingest anything. She didn't step in anything. Um, anything like that. So with Maximus, he'll be my first actual apprehension dog. But the way that our training goes is that these dogs, um, after they, they go through basically a debrief, we go through them, make sure that, you know, teeth are good. They don't have any cuts, scratches, um, anything like that. So they go through that. So there's, there's an, there's a pretty good amount of time there that they're getting some rest and stuff before we deploy again. Well, hopefully they don't have that many people to bite right in a row. Not where we're at, not where we're at, but you know, the, you know, the thing is it's, it's kind of like, you know, you see officers that are like five, six, five, eight, 150 pounds. Those are the ones that everybody always wants to fight. And then I come on scene and I'm six, three, 300 pounds, you know, people, you know, they tend to not want to fight on that stuff. You know, you're, you're I got you. You, you, too, you, so. you, uh, yeah, you got me by a couple inches on the height, but I'm, weighing about 293 right now so yeah we i, I got you i mean I'm, I'm not no big muscle man especially in my you know i'm in my 50s now but it's like you know but i'm still on the bigger side of guys and i'm less likely to be fought with than some of the oh other yeah ones. for sure but then you still gotta yep. you well you might have to lose a little bit of that weight not saying you're a big guy but you know you chasing running i seen them canine guys i'm like oh i don't know if i could do that y'all run way too much for my, me yeah <laughs> you do a lot of I running I got a I got a thirty foot lead for for the dogs, so <laughs> they got thirty foot of free play. I need like a half a mile lead or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tie about six of them together. Oh Lord, yes. Yeah, but uh, but to answer your question a little bit further, so like with Raven, whenever she does the deployment, and we we do or do not find narcotics, um, we do a debrief. We go back. Um, Dogs tend to get really excited when they're doing those kind of things. So we go back, you know, I let her out of her harness. Uh, you know, I might play ball with her a little bit, everything like that. But um, with Maximus, it's it's going to be a little bit different because our, our goal with Maximus is, you know, clearing buildings, uh, you know, the narcotics part of it. But, you know, for the apprehension, sometimes I'm the only officer on for a 12-hour period in town. So, by yourself? By myself. Well, you, and got, my closest, you got county backup or anything? We got county backup. It's about 20 minutes out. Oh, uh, I remember them days. But, but you know, that that's far and few between that that happens. But there's sometimes where we have overlapping schedules or there's an issue. Somebody calls in. But um, with Maximus, you know, he it it's like having another officer, basically. You know, there's a presence about the about a canine that when people pull up and they see that on your, on your gear, that they don't, my car is totally blacked out because I could have a rhinoceros in there. Nobody would know any difference. So they don't uh, know it's not a big dog yet. No. So, you know, I get a lot of compliance just uh, being a police canine. Um, And actually, you know, I've worked, I've worked interdiction without a dog and I don't get as much respect as I do when I'm, when I have my, you know, police canine gear on. So. Yeah. I mean, that's good because I've I've worked before in my earlier days in my career and we didn't have backup that a backup was you know out of way so if you got in some crap you had to uh, handle your business. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, it's nice to be able, it's it's almost a security blanket for me too to know that he's there. 
you know, that he, you know, if I need to, I could use him in deploying. But, um, you know, Raven is super docile. She wouldn't ever hurt anybody. But um, people, people, even officers, I'll, I'll go to, I'll get called for a backup to search a vehicle. And so I, you know, I, I usually will walk up and, and look at the vehicle myself um, just to make sure there's nothing visible with fentanyl and all that stuff out now. I just, I like to talk to the driver before I deploy my dog just so she's not getting hurt. But, um, you know, the officers will even be like, hey, we'll wait in the car while you search because they don't want to get bit. And so, uh, you know, yeah, that's that. an officer, you know, that's been around for a while. The ones that say that stuff, they're like, I'll just wait in the cruiser while you do your search. Yeah, I've seen uh, so. work with some, uh, some buddies that were canines and especially like, Way back in the nineties, they had this. It was a shepherd. This dog just didn't care. I mean, they didn't see a uniform. They just would bite anybody. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's yep, that's exactly how. And, it uh, is. But this dog, if you just happen to get in front of him, he's like, well, you're in front of me. I'm just gonna have to take a little chunk just to test you out a little bit. So everybody would make sure you stayed way behind him. He, he was a big shepherd. I mean, I've well, seen, seen them where they they have broken their their canines and they've gotten like like steel fangs put in like at the yep. vet i was like those have to hurt <laughs> yeah they they do implants uh when they break off their canines uh they'll do an implant uh it's usually titanium and they they do it just like humans where they put it an implant in and they basically it's screwed on or whatever it's put on there but um those things they don't those don't break you know so um but, you know, doing a lot of training and you go through bite work and stuff like that, they're constantly biting. Um, so it's, you know, it, it is hard on their teeth. Oh, I can imagine. I wonder if you got to, like, you can polish up the dog's tooth, maybe sharpen it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> They'll freak people out, come out, and the dog's all blinged out. Yeah. He's got a, whole, whole set of teeth. He's got a grill. Right. Uh, exactly. So you got any, uh, like, Give us a funny story. I know you gotta have some. And for canine or canine or just in general, whatever. This is kind of your time. You just so you know. The other day, I told this story. I think I told it to you too. And it's and it really I forgot about this even happening until uh, I was on a TikTok live and somebody asked me to tell a story. And I I don't. I, it's sad, but it's it's you know at the end of the day, it, it does some have some humor. A lot of people think cops are know pretty sick and things that we do that we have a sick sense of humor but you know there's only you got to have that to get through the day i mean you got to kind of you got to be able to 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 brush that stuff off but um we had an incident where a lady's husband had uh, committed suicide um he was in the military a really awesome guy um and he had shot himself and uh i responded to that and she just was never the same after that. And, um, we know we really tried to help her and everything, just, you know, check on her and do stuff like that. Well, I got a call one day at that. There was a lady in front of a Catholic church, uh, that was causing a scene yelling and screaming and stuff. So I arrived on scene, I get out of the car and I realize who it is. And she's out front. She's literally screaming at a building. I was expecting to pull up. She would be screaming at, you know, somebody or yelling somebody She's screaming at a building. And, uh, I, you know, it was one of those things where a, a lot of people, you know, it's like the whole thing about, you know, shoot them in the leg, don't shoot them in the chest, you know, <laughs> you, know yeah. you know, pull you, you know, that, that doesn't happen. Um, 
and very very seldom do we even have the chance to even make a decision once we exit the vehicle more nine times out of ten we're already in it so i get out and i yell at her and i said hey what's going on and she she tells me that her husband's soul's inside the church and i was like what do you what you know it kind of caught me off guard and i'm like what are you talking about she goes the soul's in the church it never left after we had the funeral and i said well i said uh why, why do you think it's in there? And she goes, well, it's not at home because he doesn't talk to me. I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I told her, I said, well, let me go in and check it out. So I'm walking up there and I'm thinking, how am I going to fix this? I told her to sit there against my car. She's leaning against the car. I walk inside the church. I'm looking around and I see that there's like this uh, kind of a Sam's Club pickle jar. The big ones, tall ones that are probably like 18 inches tall glass type stuff. Oh, it's like what kind you see in a, like a commercial jar yeah yeah the big big jars and so i saw this jar and i go up to it and take it and it's got a bunch of little pieces of paper and it was for a raffle for something for the church i dump it out i take the lid that was right there and i put the lid on top of the jar and i walk outside with it i walk up to her and i go okay she goes what is that she goes i said it's your husband's soul and she goes what and i'm like and at that point i was like okay now she's gonna think i'm crazy <laughs> that I actually believed her or something like she's a setup, but I handed her the jar and this lady was probably the happiest I'd seen her since her husband had passed away. She hugged me and told me I was awesome and everything. I gave her the jar and I said, okay, get back in the car. We're going to take you home. So we load her up, take her home. You know, I, I check on her, everything, just make sure she's okay. You know, she's in the right state of mind. She's everything. She didn't want to hurt anybody or do anything. She just had this episode. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I think our country is missing is a, is a lot of, uh, m- you know, mental health help. That's the, the number one thing where I think we lack a lot in. Right, we and, lack uh, more than a lot. Right. And so we don't have anybody you can just call up on the phone. It's not like you can call a, a counselor on the phone and they'd be right there in five minutes. So we get her inside and I told her, I said, go inside, keep it in there and do not, whatever you do, do not take that lid off that jar. And she's like, okay. So, you know, I, I, I went by every, you know, week or so, just stopped by. She had a couple of kids that went to school that I checked on. Um, we just, we basically, you know, just, just looked after a couple of us officers did. And uh, I got called over there for a suspicious person. It was like one o'clock in the morning, pull up in front of the house. She's outside. She's dressed like Marilyn Monroe, which I thought was totally <laughs> hilarious. But that's what she, this is the persona that she took on after she, uh, after all this happened, her whole mental change had to happen. We went inside to talk to her. I had a young officer with me. He'd only been on probably a couple of weeks. And the officer's like looking around and he sees his urn and the flag and medals and stuff. And you can see this pickle jar right next to the, to the urn. And he looks over at me and he looks at her and goes, what's in the pickle jar? And I looked at him with big eyes and I was like, dude, don't even ask that question. And she's like, oh, he helped me get my husband's soul. And he looked at me like crazy. And I looked at him. I'm like, don't say a word, whatever you do. But she kept that pickle jar right next to the deal. She never opened it. It was sitting right there. So, you know, it's funny in the fact that that happened, but at the end of the day, it gave her peace of mind and as cops. And I know you've been in this long enough to know that sometimes you have to make, you have to take a situation and try to make the best of it. You know, there's, there's nothing in the Academy that teaches you pickle jars and 
soul snatching. Oh no! What was he kosher though? <laughs> yeah, do what? Was he kosher? Yeah, right. <laughs> kosher deal. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, it's kind of it's one of those things you don't learn that stuff in the academy. You learn that with working with people. So it's just kind of, it's you know, it's just it's one of those things where you just kind of you deal with it every day, and uh, you know that that's a win for us. You know, even though. I really wish she, we ended up getting her more mental health as we went, but, um, really, yeah, it's funny, you know, but, but it's also sad uh, at the same time because I, yeah. I mean, I had to deal, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of mental people, but me and this other cop one time were dealing with somebody and I was actually backing him up and she was a little bitty woman, but you know, people were having mental, a mental breakdown can be a lot stronger than a normal person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had to restrain her. And she thought he was an angel and I was Satan. So, so once yeah. we realized that, that she was seeing him as an angel and me as Satan, I backed off a little bit and he was able to handle her. And, and when she started to get upset, he's like, look, don't make me, when we call Satan back over here. And she would call him <laughs> back down. <laughs> right. I was the devil. I was the devil. And they do have people that properly think that's true, but I do understand what you're talking about, but. I'm glad you didn't cross the streams when you capture her husband's soul and put him in a pickle jar. <laughs> yeah, you know that. I mean, it's sad because you know you think about this guy and how he's, you know, served his country and you know he had issues. You know, he and he ends up taking his own life, and then it leaves a, a wake of destruction in the path of her kids and everything um, along the way. Um, it was a short time after that she lost one of her kids uh, that had passed away also. So I'm sure that didn't help her much. And then I was, I wasn't at that department when that happened. Yeah. Um, but well, suicide you know, is a yeah. horrible, horrible thing. I've had, I've had a couple friends that have committed suicide and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's really senseless. You know, it's, it's, it's such a preventable deal. Well, a lot of people know? that commit suicide and, I don't understand where they're coming from. I haven't been in that situation, but if if they are, they don't realize the they're dead and gone. They don't realize the tragedy and stuff they leave behind for their family and loved ones. Right, exactly. And, and I know it's it's the selfish thing because a lot of people get angry, you know, and you know why did he do it and everything. It's people don't look for it. And I, and I always encourage families with people that have mental disorders and stuff, you know, you gotta be extra, you gotta be extra alert. You gotta be on top of it. You gotta be looking because they can be manic one day and the other day, you know, it's fine. And they're going back and forth and, you know, it's just, you got, you got to look after people. And that's, that's what we're missing as a country is just, you know, looking after each other. We're too busy pointing fingers instead of trying to see what we need to do for each other. So well, my opinion and the present generations or just the time people are too worried about their, their selves and they don't care about anyone else. Right. People don't care about yep. each other anymore. Isn't the problem. It's me, myself, I, me, 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 what I want. I don't know. I wasn't raised like that, but it's, <laughs> I don't know, greedy or just self-centered. I, I don't know what to call it. I just, I don't well, know if I live know, long enough to see it switch back over, if it ever will. So, 
Yeah, well, that's that's the plan, right? So, you know, I, I work inside the schools with, with kids, too. I do several programs, but um, I try to, you know, I try to work with parents and give parents the power back. You know, I there's not I shouldn't be a parent. I shouldn't be a parent to those kids. I should be a role model. Um, so, you know, a lot of parents, they'll call me and go, you know, little Johnny's doing this. I'm like, well, take care of it, you know. And always it's, well, I don't know what to do. Well, you probably should take the phone out of their hands. You should probably stop watching YouTube. You should probably stop letting them play gore games on Xbox. You know, you should stop letting them cuss you out. You know, it's just, you know, there's, there's all those things. And they, they want to be friends more than they want to be parents yes. anymore. That and, that's and what, the parents are too busy with their faces stuck in their own electronic devices. Exactly. Put the electronic exactly. devices down yourself as a parent. Take it away from your children. Sit down and have a conversation or sit down and eat supper with the TV off. Yep. And, and, and that's what I do. Interact with parents. each other, but they just want to shove something in their kids' hands so the kids aren't going to, aren't exactly. bothering them. Well, and that's what I do with my D.A.R.E. class. Um, I teach D.A.R.E. second and fifth grade. And my second graders, we have big, like, note cards, like big, they're almost huge flashcards. And they'll talk about, you know, bicycle safety or they'll talk about, you know, street signs and what to look for and stranger danger and all that. So it's not necessarily centered around drugs, but more about citizenship type stuff. So I require my kids on Tuesdays to go home and sit at a dinner table. And before they eat, they go over this flashcard. And um, then during dinner, while they're eating, they're, they're supposed to sit there and talk to each other about it. And, uh, you know, if this happens, what would you do? Basically, I make the kid teach the class to their parents. Um, and so that engages them. And I get some parents who go, he wants to eat at the table all the time now, you know, which is good. That's what I want. You know, um, I, th I think that's a big thing for us and, and D.A.R.E. officers is to reconnect with kids. Because right now, the, the connect with the public is not there. And I get lots of parents that, you know, my wife, she gets a kick out of it everywhere we go. It's, you know, there's officers, you know, so-and-so and, you know, he, you know, he's my favorite or we're best friends or whatever. And I, that's the part where I know that I'm doing my job because, you know, I'm engaging with these kids and, and really trying to help them out. Yeah. Well, dare officer, especially if you do dare, I've got some guys that's been on here that's done dare too. And, you know, they have kids that have come up to them and uh, I think Smokey said, you know, even today, and Jim Brown said, you know, that they'll be in a store or Walmart or something, and it's, you know, a grown person will come up to them, but it was actually a kid they taught dare to has got their own kids now and stuff like that. Yep. And still yep. remember them. So, I mean, that's nice when you done made an impression in a young person's life like that. Yeah, and we do several other programs. Um, we do Cakes with Cops. Um, and what I do is on Monday mornings, uh, the teachers from the week before give me a list of, of students from one from each grade level for uh, first through fifth. And um, they meet me in the cafeteria and that Monday morning and we all have pancakes and sit down and talk about their weekends and stuff. And kids become eligible by that, by doing some act of kindness in school. You know, they helped a student or they helped a teacher, or, you know, they made a great grade on a, on a test but I let the teachers pick them and then we sit down me and another first responder or, you know, somebody of influence that might be a doctor or anything like that. They come in and we eat with these kids and uh, we just get to, they get to meet us and, and 
figure out that we're human too. And so that's been really awesome. But COVID shut that down for one school year. So we ended up starting a citizenship, Panther Citizenship Award. And it's basically the same thing, but they get a medal each week. Because, um, you know, COVID, with COVID coming in, they didn't want anybody touching each other, breathing on each other, or doing anything like that. Yeah. They, uh, you sound like you're extremely busy. I'm a, I'm a pretty busy man. <laughs> you're extremely because you also uh, uh, you have a, a canine thing. You, we talked about what is it? Canine, canine for canines kids for or? kids. Yes, canines for kids. Yep. Um, and we uh, that's something Sharon started with me. Um, and so what we do is we get uh, we get information on kids with terminal illness. Um, I have a, a young man's name's Drew Ridley. Uh, such an awesome dude. Uh, he's got stage three can't, uh, kidney failure. And, um, you know, he fights it every day. He's a fighter. You never see him complain. He's always smiling, always happy. And, uh, you know, when I sit there and I've had a bad day, I, I really, I, I got to sit there and call myself an asshole because, you know, I'm, you know, for 47, I'm a pretty healthy dude. I mean, it could be worse. And here's a kid that's not really lived life and he's hit with this disease and, uh, and he's making the best of it, you know? So it, it really, uh, you don't have a lot of room to complain when you got somebody like that, you know, but there's been so many kids like, uh, Zach Kirby, uh, another young man, uh, does not have terminal illness, but I'm going to tell you his mom, Kim is like the, if you looked up mother to be the mother of the, of the perfect kid, he is so awesome. You know, Memorial Day weekend, he went out on his own, dressed up in his little military uniform and put flags on every uh, headstone out there at the at the cemetery with veterans, saluted them, did the whole nine. Now, I don't know that I can say that I've seen in the last 10 years, you know, that I've seen the kid have that kind of patriotic type attitude or do things like that. You know, they're more about what can you do for me? So, um it's just I've been so blessed because we visit these we get to visit these kids with terminal illness, burn units, you know, kids with make a wish type stuff, and they get to see the canines. And you know, if that's if that's what they want, I'm going to be there. If I have to drive 16 hours to make it happen, I'm going to do it. Um, it's just something that you know is big for us. And then we also have a local charity that we call uh, it's Leos for Kids, where we help underprivileged families. Um, on Christmas, Thanksgiving, even during the regular, regular rest of the year. But, um, this last year we fed, um, about 35 families for Thanksgiving, everything. We gave them the whole meal. Um, and then, um, we gave coats to all their kids. I think we bought a hundred and like 30 or 40 coats total. And, uh, we ended up also Thanksgiving feeding all the seniors because the, Meals on Wheels doesn't run on Thanksgiving or Friday after. So we made dinners for all them. And, uh, you know, Christmas time, we buy trees, the lights, ornaments, uh, stockings, everything for them. Um, just make sure the kids get have a decent Christmas. Uh, we buy all their gifts, buy, uh, buy stuff for the parents. We do all, we've done all those things. And the, the board that I have for that's super awesome. Like, they, they always come through. They always take care of things. But we go off of donations. And we uh, we have an event every every year around September, October, uh, where we put on a barbecue contest and car show. This year, we're going to introduce canines 
uh, nights with the canines. We're going to have several canine uh, teams there where kids will get to come and take pictures with them, uh, do all those kind of things. So we're, we're excited. We're really looking forward to what this new year is going to bring with COVID kind of coming out the door and leaving, uh, you know, just what it can do. And we, we've got several appearances that we're getting ready to go to too. So, you know, we've been, a uh, we've been slammed in the last 30 days. We just, we started that TikTok page with Maximus, um, about 35 days ago. And we, the first four days I ended up with a thousand followers and a big crew just, they started just really following us, talking with us, doing everything. It was so awesome. The plan was to get to see this young pup grow up and be from a puppy to, you know, big canine and watch his career. Um, and it's kind of taken turns and just like, you know, blessings from God that we were able to do that. But, you know, we, we, we're at like 22,000 followers now in 35 days. That's just which, awesome. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not by any means TikTok famous, but, you know, I'm reaching kids that want help, need help. I've talked to some people that have um, had thought suicide and I've had conversations with them. Um, it's just, you know, and, and the, you know, the big thing for me that really helps me every day is I'm, I'm not one that I want something back in return. I'm not going to be like, why well, did this? So I should have this. My big thing is when I see somebody post on there, we just had it this last week and it was so awesome because they said, I didn't back the blue until I started following your page and I saw the sincerity and everything that you do. So, you know, I, I really appreciated that because, you know, that that's more than a thank you for me. Like that's, I know that I'm in the right track and I'm going the right direction with what we need to do on this whole thing. So. What is awesome. Like I said, you're extremely, extremely busy, man. I do, uh, in our area where I'm at down here, we have the Gulf coast, uh, motorcycle competition mm-hmm. and all of, uh, all of our proceeds that we raise and stuff, and it's been going on for right at 20 years now. Well, all our proceeds goes to the Dream Day that with, you know, uh, St. Jude and stuff like that. Yep, yep, and that's one of our deals and, on TikTok uh, is we back St. Jude too, so. And there's a big fit they, there's a big fishing uh, thing. This past year, uh, of course, because of COVID, uh, they had the they had the fishing thing, so it wasn't as it wasn't as big as it usually is because you sure surely didn't want to get around you know all these kids that have cancer, right? To uh, and and get them sick or whatever, but yeah, so all our money goes to that because I mean people don't realize it. It's it's over a million dollars a day to run St. Jude Hospital because all that stuff's done for free for the families and their kids, right? So, and that you know that's really. I'm, I'm fortunate. I have both of my parents. Um, both of my parents are cancer survivors, um, which is, you know, very rare that you even have that anymore. But, um, my mom said had cancer twice. Um, but my mom's, she, she's a fighter. So she, she never, that's kind of where I've got my whole, I never give up and I just keep going and going and going. If it doesn't work, I find some other way. You know, my dad is a double cancer survivor. Um, and my dad's just too stubborn. So he's just, he's hard headed, knuckle headed. So he would never give into that anyway. But, um, you know, to be able to have my parents around still, my dad's got Parkinson's, um, and he fights that. So, you know, just to see that kind of gives me drive and my kids see the drive in my parents and see the drive in me. And, 
um, it, it's just amazing to be able to see those kind of things and, and in witness. And I think, you know, my whole servant's heart, my mom was a teacher for like forever. Um, since the dinosaurs walked, I joke with her because she was a teacher forever. But, um, you know, to see, I've, I've watched her over the years become a servant to people. And that's kind of, that's where I've gotten my drive from on that is just to want to really help people and give, give to the community. Well, you definitely given a whole lot. <laughs> I'm busy, man. I, <laughs> you know, I, in the first of May, I ended up with COVID and which is crazy. And I, and I know you feel the same way about this probably is, you know, how many places have I walked into where there was a person with COVID or, you know, you go to somebody tells you they're COVID positive after you arrest them. And, you know, you're just around it all the time. You were bound to catch it. I never caught it. And then everything lifts, everything's going good. And then all of a sudden I get smacked with COVID in May. I had it for two weeks. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I was one of those skeptics. I was like, well, is it really as bad as they say it is? It's bad. Like, I, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. I never felt like that in my entire life. And I consider myself to be pretty healthy. Yeah, it's strange Especially, how it hits different people because my – Yeah. I, I still have stuff I, from it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've had it. I never got tested. But I know my, my father-in-law's in his 70s. He caught it, and he was basically asymptomatic. He had – I think he ran a slight fever for, like, a day. Yeah. Now, my mother-in-law, whose health isn't as good – she caught it. She did end up in the hospital for, you know, a few weeks. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think she still has some after effects from it. So it's strange how it just affects different people different way. And I, and the doctor told me blood types are a big thing, like whatever blood type you are. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Somebody mentioned that to me also. One of my buddies and, said something about it. And I'm O, so, you know, if O people, you know, <laughs> get that stuff if you're o positive or o negative whatever you know this stuff is no joke because it hit me it hit me like a ton of bricks um they released me two weeks after i went on my very first call i went on duty at 6 a.m my very first call i got at 7 a.m for an unwanted uh unwanted uh suspect at a at a apartment complex and i showed up there and this dude was on the run from kansas city um had multiple warrants he had like 17 warrants out for him and everything and uh you know he was a meth user just everything and ends up wanting to fight and i mean i i, I couldn't barely breathe I, we got him in custody and everything but it really took it out of me so i went back to the doctor and i said doc i said i can barely breathe they did a lung x-ray and end up with pneumonia had double lung pneumonia the next week so i've been out for almost a whole month i'm supposed to be cleared to go back tomorrow so I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to it, you know, but uh, I, feel, I feel like a rookie again. You're on that COVID vacation? I, I'm on a COVID vacation. <laughs> so, the vid. Yeah, I'm but, sad you didn't like it. Yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, it's I w if they offered me a COVID vacation again, I'd tell them to keep it. I'd work doubles. Yeah, so. I don't blame you on that. I'm, I'm, you probably like me, though. I mean, uh, I'm assuming, I, I don't really don't take vacation. Uh I've got the department I'm with now. I've only been in for like four years, and I've, I think, since I've been there four years, I might have taken an entire week off. And yeah, that, that's what I, I I've been with the department I'm at now for almost four years, and I think I've taken a week and a half off. But you know, fortunately, our department I'm with now does a lot of training. 
um, they send us to a ton of stuff. So I get to go to some of these cool places to go to training at. And I mean, it's just as good as doing a vacation. Um, most cops aren't ones that go out into public and do, I mean, we're in the public already a lot. It's not like we like being around a lot of people. So, you know, getting to hang with other cops and, and do kinds of stuff at the lake and stuff, the training, you know, canine training is always fun because we're different. We're a different breed uh, with our, with our other canine handlers. You know, we, we cut up and uh, we're kind of the, I, we're kind of canine handlers, the gestures of the, of the police world. We always got the practical jokes, you know. I think they just had you know, a research down here in Louisiana recently, a big research canine competition. Yeah. I, uh, taken a dog turd one time and hit it under the floorboard of one of the of one of the cars so that that didn't come out too well but i thought it was funny you know it was hilarious <laughs> person thing. that didn't that got <laughs> did it, how long did it take him to realize it was there oh it was so hot it when they got into the car it was already, it was permeated like putting a dead fish under your seat <laughs> you know k9 cops sound like a bunch of like motor cops uh they were in a motor competition in florida many years ago when uh they had a florida highway patrol unit parked in the parking lot and uh like overnight or something i don't i guess you know a whole bunch of the guys were out drinking beer and stuff and the next morning when he woke up you couldn't see his unit because they had completely surrounded it and covered it in beer cans and like a big pyramid <laughs> <laughs> He that, didn't. That th- some, he didn't think it was that some. funny. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a sight. I wish I could find that, that picture. That, that takes some patience, <laughs> for sure. Oh, so. it was so funny. Yo, so, yeah, this is your time. You talk about what you want to talk about. Um. Well, you know, our our foundations are big to us. Um, everything that we do. Um, I think I probably spend more time dealing with the foundation stuff with the kids. <clears throat> then I do work stuff. I mean, I put in my 12 when I get off, I'm usually home and my wife and I um, are working on foundation stuff or we're doing TikTok stuff to raise, raise awareness. Um, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. Just, just the way it goes. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm not a drinker. I don't, I don't party. I don't go out to bars, stuff like that. One, because my dare contract says I won't. So that's kind of like a, it's like being a, a church official. It sounds like <laughs> I don't party or go out, but I do like my whiskey. But yeah, I don't drink. Everybody, everybody listens to me. That probably thinks I'm a freaking alcoholic. Look, I most I, people I, think cops are though. I haven't, know? I haven't had a drink today, people. And it's Sunday. Usually, I at least have one while I'm doing the podcast. I, I didn't even fix one this evening. I actually have a purple rock star energy drink in front of me but everybody knows you know i like my salty watermelon whiskey i do like my whiskey but i usually have one or two one or two drinks when i do drink i'm i don't drink to get drunk i don't drink to get buzzed i drink because i like the taste of it and right right it's just what i do but so no i'm not an alcoholic people i know most people think cops are alcoholics and they they have alcoholics but they're in all all professions (laughs) I, I did my fair share in in college, so I probably got enough for a lifetime at that point. And I think my mom's watch or listening, so she's. I really don't want to indulge in that story because uh, she'll be. Uh, don't get in trouble with mama. Yeah, she. Yeah, she'll be. She'll be calling me out on that one. So, <laughs> but um, you know, I 
I really just, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, I, I think we're forgetting that these kids that are that are coming up are the ones. And I make a joke about this, but these are the kids that are going to wipe your ass when you're in the nursing home. Oh, that is you true. Know? So, you know, we should probably teach them some manners. Should probably get them on board. You know, get them get them together for their their lives because they're just not. You know, it's just not going right right now. There's a, there's a whole lot of disconnect and everything within this society, and and uh, you know, we we just it, it all starts in the home. All, all everything that starts with your child starts in your house. So if you're a lax house and you don't care and you let them do whatever, that's the way they're going to treat society. They're not going to care. So um, people definitely start caring. Generation coming up is ugh, scary yeah. to me. I just kind of yeah. No, I think I know absolutely. how my pa- my parents felt. I guess I was like, all I had to do is my mom had all my mom had to do was like I'm gonna go get the belt and that was it. I'm like I'm done. My mom was Babe Ruth. She swinged for the fence. So I, I wasn't really trying to, you know, I, w- I really wasn't trying to get involved in that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciated my skin way too much. But. I took my share fair. We say beat the kids when I say that. People are like, oh, yo. When I say you know, there's a, be- there's it, a it, difference. It's a, it's, when I say beating, it's that's a spanking. I took my fair share of spankings with belts, uh, wooden spoons, switches. Oh, yeah. And all that stuff. I got to say one thing. Uh, my dad never did spank us because he didn't have to. Because he'd pull his belt off and fold it up and slap it on a coffee table so damn hard. We'd almost yeah. crap our pants right then and there. <laughs> so he never did have to hit us. So usually we just saw the belt coming off him. You'd swear to God that he would beat the hell out of us. We'd go running for the hills, and he never hit us. Now, my mom, you know, even when I, when I got bigger, than my mom wasn't a tall woman. She's only like 5'2 or 5'3. So, you know, when I was a teenager, I was bigger than her. That didn't stop her. She made me lay across the bed and would go across, you know. And, and if she saw you tightening your butt up, you just gonna, she's going to go until you, you untighten it. <laughs> so. Well, the sound that always freaked me out is like that sound when the belt comes out of the loops. It's a thut, 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 you know, when it comes out like that. And that was just like a... That was like a sound of death that was coming out of those belt loops oh, when they come out. Just you know, clear. back in the day when we were growing up, our parents had like the old cowboy belts that have their names on it, or they had little pieces on the belt. Not like today where it's just a leather belt. So when you caught that belt, you're catching everything on it. So it was. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just like yeah. uh, in school. I just, uh, these schools now are so different now. And I just saw a news article. I don't know if you read it or not. But, um, some, I don't even remember where it was at, but some, some, teacher or principal paddled this kid and the mom was there and there was a lawsuit and it's this and they're traumatized and they gotta have this i actually got to sign the paddle in high school and elementary school because i got spanked with it by the principal so many times because <laughs> i was just a rambunctious little youngster and you know go get you three or five licks i ever was and then what was bad is that still they'd let your parents know because i then i was gonna get some more when i got home but I got uh, yeah. I got paddled several times in school. I mean, lots of times. It did not traumatize me to the point where I needed mental health. Well, corporal punishment is not anything anymore. I mean, that's that's days of the past. I I tell kids now is like, yeah, the principal used to be able to give you swats, and they're like, what? What's a swat? And I tell them they'd hit, they spank you with like a paddle, and the first thing that comes out of most of their mouths are like, oh, that's child abuse. 
you know? And so I'm like, you have no idea what world I lived in. No, so, me neither. If y'all think that's child abuse, I mean, they'd put every yeah. parent and teacher in jail. <laughs> I always just, I'm, I'm sure my mom's listening and, I, and it's in a joke, but you know, like, uh, there was this one time with my mom that I was in the boy Scouts and, uh, my dad was out of town and, uh, my mom had bought me a brand new Swiss army knife and uh, she told me, don't take it out to your dad gets home. Cause I want him to, you know, show you it and go over it with you and everything like that. Well, that was just an invitation for me to open the knife. So I ended up taking the knife out, opened it up and I was going to cut my canteen open that we had this boy scout camping trip. I thought, Oh, it'd be cool. I can just cut this box open. Well, I overcut it, sliced my finger and I sliced it pretty good and it just started bleeding out and it was burning. So I'm like slinging my finger and I'm like squeezing it, slinging my finger and not even paying attention. Blood's like on the wall. Everything it looked like a murder scene in my house. And, uh, I'm sitting in the bathroom, like cleaning it off. And I hear my mom go, you know, she yells my name and I was like, Oh hell. So she, uh, it, it was funny. Cause I always in my back of my head when my mom would yell, it would always be like, my mom's a sweet lady. Like she wouldn't hurt a fly, but it's always sounded like the deepest, like voice you would hear in a dark hole when they start yelling at you. And I was like, Oh hell, I had blood all over the place. She's so pissed at me. So I, I you know, these kids nowadays that I got kids that I, that I work with that stand up to their parents and they'll get in their face. And I'm like, you're stupid. There's uh, no I, way I'd have ever done that. I lost, been, I lost teeth. <laughs> I'd have lost life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It's like you knew you were in some, in my house, you knew you were in severe trouble is when your middle name came out of your mom's mouth. When she yep. used your first and your middle name, oh, you knew you messed up now. I, I always know my mom gets mad because she'll like go through all the realms of names. My dad, me, our middle names. I mean, he, she just starts spitting it out and uh, she'll spit out everybody's name. She just starts, she'll spit the dog's name out until. She gets to, and you go, I'm, I'm not that person. And she'll be like, I know, I know, you know, but it's, uh, it's just funny to, you know, working with these kids, I've reflected a lot on my, on my life as a child. And yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a different generation. Yeah. You know, the, the, the amount of appreciation these kids have is almost zero. Like it should be handed to them. Well, I call it so. the entitlement generation. Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> It's in That's exactly right. So I am going to ask you this one, even though I know your mom's listening, but you can still keep it clean. Because I ask everybody this, and this is for Freebird's sake, my my good buddy. And uh, but have you you had any uh, calls where you had to deal with naked people? <laughs> yeah. So this is probably within the last year, and it kind of it rolls into two two of them. But uh, we got a disturbance in progress call over at an apartment complex, such a duplex, several duplexes said that there was yelling and screaming and there was yelling, like she was yelling, choke me, uh, everything. This is what the caller's telling. So I show up there. My backup shows up there, knock on the door, no answer, knock on the door, no answer. And I'm listening and you can't hear anything. And I'm debating at this point, you know, am I going to boot this door, you know, cause what they were talking about. And so I go, I step back thinking, you know, here, I'm going to boot this door. And this lady just swings the door open, butt naked. 
head to toe, not a blanket, not a nothing. And, uh, of course, you know, you know, as I know, when we see those things, it's, uh, I I almost think you can get PTSD from some of these people. It's usually not the ones you want to see naked. Right. No, no, it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, you're not walking into, you know, swimsuit model's house and stuff like that. It's the ones that, you know, have eaten star crunch and zebra cakes and, uh, you know, drink Dr. Pepper and have no teeth and still got Cheeto, still got Cheeto fingers. Yeah. Cheetos all over, you know, Doritos got it in their hair. She opens up. She goes, what do you want? I go. And I told her, I said, well, we're here because we got information that you were getting assaulted inside. (laughs) She says, no, he's just having rough sex with me. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to have this rough sex stuff. So I called him down. He gets dressed. She's still standing there butt naked. I told her twice, go put a robe on. She goes, I'm not going upstairs. So she is standing there butt naked. So I'm like, literally, you know, my body cam's on. This is all getting caught. And I told her, I said, listen, here's the thing. You guys want to have your own sex. That's fine. Either, you know, use sign language or whatever, because <laughs> ain't nobody list- don't want anybody to listen to it next door. You live in a duplex, be, you know, respectful of other people's stuff. She's like, okay, fine, fine. So we leave. Um, I would say probably six. It was about six months later. Same call. You know, you know as well as I do. You, there's always those addresses that stick in your head when you get called. Uh, yeah. When they call that address out, you're like, oh great, here we go. You know. So I show up there, bang on the door, no answer. I'm like, here we go again, bang on the door, no answer. And uh, I kept yelling her name. I'm like, hey, come to the door, come to the door. I could see through, didn't see anything. And so I decided I'm going to boot the door. So I boot the door. As soon as I boot the door, it looked like somebody dropped a bomb right there. I mean, stuff went flying all over the place. It was, it was just nuts. She had her, this guy that she had seen six months ago told her that he was coming and he was going to, he was going to assault her, beat her up, all this stuff. She took her wooden blinds apart and took little tacks and like tacked the, the wood blinds across the door. She had grabbed epoxy and wood glue and everything and tried to glue the door shut. And, uh, she was hopped up on meth. So, I mean, she literally, like, used two bottles of wood glue. She, it, was a, it, was so, it was so crazy. Um, and she was naked again. And uh, she had wood glue all over. I mean, it was caked all over. And in her hair, her hair was all matted in it. Her hands were all matted in it. And uh, it's just, it's one of those things you don't want to see. You know, it's, it's a call that, now that I look back on it, it's funny. But... At the time, it's just like I really could go without seeing this. Just you know, preparing so. for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So every time that address comes out, I'm like, okay, she's definitely not wearing clothes, probably. Yeah. I'm ten, what, what's that? I'm ten six, right? <laughs> Busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can imagine. And yeah. it was the the wood glue starting to dry? Cause you know when that glue starts drying on your skin, it gets all flaky, like loose skin. Yep. So it looks like mm-hmm. she, you know. Oh, yeah, it was bad case of psoriasis. Too. It was it was it was obnoxiously horrible. So, but you know every, but you know you hear those addresses come out and you're like, okay, I know what this call is going to be. So, yeah, it's crazy. You'll run into her at the store. She'll recognize you. And you're like, oh, I didn't recognize you with clothes on. So, oh, I, I've I've been to calls where I've had words with people, and you know you have to arrest somebody, and they're like, I hate you, and f the police, and blah blah blah. And then you'll see them at a restaurant or a store, and they're like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. 
So, oh, yeah. My mom was yeah, uh, very naive when it came to that stuff. And I uh, went shopping with both my parents have passed, but when she was still alive, we went shopping one time. And like I said, she, she thought everybody, she, she thought the world was full of rainbows and unicorn. Just the way she thought it was. She never got to see that bad side of it. And we were, went to a mall and we were walking in there and this guy happened to recognize me and called my name out. And I turned around and he was like, you know, he was so proud that he had to tell me that he had been, I hadn't smoked any crack in an entire week. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the look on my mom's face, she was like, and what if she like, she just like, I'm, she's like, I've never seen a crackhead. I said, Oh, you see them all the time. You just don't know. It. But, you just don't know. Yeah. yeah he's exactly. like, but, but he just, but she was freaked out. But yeah, he was so proud. I mean, I was happy for him. I don't believe it lasted, but at the point, that point in time, he was happy. He was, hadn't smoked crack in five days. So. It's like you, they want a medal for it. So yeah. It's like, yeah. No, that's just, that's just back. the crazy stuff about the job, man. It's, you know, Everybody watches cops or they see live PD and they think that's what it is every day. And, you know, I think I do more civil servant stuff as like helping people out, talking people off the ledge, doing those things as these big police chases that go on. I mean, that's why live PD is across the nation. They've got to keep up that whole, you know, if it was just one department. Oh, yeah, they would be would bored just, to death. <laughs> they would yeah, have, they would be bored to death. Well, so they would never know. But, you know, our town is is pretty busy for what we got going on. We've got a major drug highway that comes through us that the cartel uses. Um, so we're, we're pretty busy on the day-to-day stuff that we do, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a uh, police work has changed quite a bit in the last, you know, 10, just in the 10 years, you know, oh, it's way different uh, just, from when I started, you know, in 93 and was reserved 95 full time. It's, it's a whole different world the way police work is it like i said a lot of tv shows or or, or any even like the, the uh the supposedly realistic ones or something i tell anybody i said police works 99 percent boredom and one percent adrenaline so that's right that's most of the time because you can go from zero to 100 miles an hour really fast you never know what's going to happen you know but the, you're right when live pd was on the air that's why they had so many departments. Because if you just followed one department or one guy around, it'd be like, man, this dude ain't doing that. And according, you know, according to TV, y'all, everybody saw saw the the action part of it. They didn't see all the paperwork that involved after the thing. Right. You had to run somebody over with your unit, or you had to pit somebody, or you know that that's the crazy part. Because like even in our world, I may go a week without getting a hot call. You know. Um, and a lot of it's self-initiated stuff. So a lot of stuff I create myself, but, um, you know, my, my chief gives us enough latitude to, to be able to make those decisions. But, you know, it's gotten so crazy where, you know, now they question us if, you know, people, cops are scared to pull their guns out. You know, they're like, if I pull my gun out, am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to, you know, that it's a legitimate question for them because they're scared. They they don't want to get. They want to get dinged on that. So oh, I, I'm I lucky totally where I'm work, where I work, my boss, and uh, you know, pretty much, pretty much in Louisiana, not everybody where I work, you know, they still let us do our job. So we're not okay. we're not underfoot at you know. And everybody asks me, you know, because I'm getting close. I can retire in four years. I'd like to do an extra three, 
which would be seven years left. But I told him it depends. I got to wait until it gets closer. It depends on, as soon as, you know, if people start throwing frozen water bottles at me and I can retire, I'm not going to sit around and take that abuse. I'm going to retire. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, well, it's just like what we saw on the other day on ESPN where these basketball players are pissed off because they had a water bottle thrown at them. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, I would take a water bottle every day over the shit that's been thrown at me in my career. I bet you, know? you the water bottle that was thrown at him wasn't frozen. Right. And I, I would take a water bottle with concrete in it over the other stuff that's been thrown at me, you know? Um, I've, I've been hit. There was a story one time where I arrested this lady or arrested this guy for beating on his old lady. I mean, literally beat her. And uh, we showed up and I was uh, getting the guy into custody and everything and she came up from behind me and hit me with the damn spaghetti strainer. And so, uh, cut little holes in my head from where the strainer was. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, don't arrest him. I love him. He's perfect. And I'm like, lady, he just literally gave you a black eye and busted your lip. But he said he'll never do it again. He'll never do it again. That's the number one thing. He, he loves me. He didn't mean it. You know, that, what about the last time I was here? He didn't mean it then either. Yeah, he, right. Like so, is that the same thing he said like two days ago when yeah. I was over here? Yeah. So. You just but, hit me in the head with a call. You right, ma'am. I'm not going to arrest him. You're going to jail. If you hit me in the head with that colander, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, my whole thing is I've got eight years with Max. That's our longevity with him. Um, maybe in an extra year, just depends. I mean, we we won't do a lot of what other departments do with you know multiple calls in a day for canine, but. Um, my oh. whole thing is that I can, you know, do another eight years and then um, I'll be ready for retirement and do um, do my foundation work. That's kind of what my goal is and, and do full time with the kids. So uh, my wife, my like, wife said right now, says, look how cute he is. He hasn't grown into his ears yet. Yeah. <laughs> his, no, his little ears are bigger people- than he is. I get like, uh, we've gotten some weird comments before. They're like, so is he part fox? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, because they use foxes yeah. on, on the department. It's in bite foxes, know? yeah. We, we inject yeah. them with rabies, too. It just it gives a whole yeah. other level to a canine bite. Right, right. And uh, I, he's been called a coyote before. Uh, some lady said, I didn't know they used coyotes as canines. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, but he's super smart. A lot of people are like, there's no way that he's already a police dog. I'm like, he's not a police dog yet. He's in training, you know? So, but he's an FTO. You know, he's a rookie. Yeah. He's an FTO. So, uh, but he, uh, our whole thing with him is, and our trainer like totally backs it. He's like, the more that you can implement him into daily activity, you know, if you let him just sit around for 11, 12 months and be a dog, you know, you're going to have to break a lot of bad habits. Whereas if you do this now and young, this is all he knows. He doesn't know anything else, you know, and that's, you know, you, of course we get people that get on TikTok all the time and they'll be like, stop beating your dog or, you know, stop, you know, stop abuse. Don't cage the animal and everything. And I'm just like, you know, police canines probably have it just as good as any other dog that's out there because they're, they're guaranteed food. They have shelter. You know, and they've got the best, the vet, yeah, the vet. I mean, their vet care is, you know, done. It's a done deal with them. So, I mean. oh, our vet here, 
puts him in front of everybody. So if I called him or called her and said, Hey, I need to get Max. I just did the other day. I said, he's, his stools are kind of running. I don't really know. Chuck, bring him in, bring him in in an hour. So he was there, you know? So it's just, they get the best of stuff. And, you know, a lot of things you don't see with canines too. And I, I try to show it in mine is that they, there's a family life with it. Like they go home and, and there's a family with this, you know, they do, my kids interact with them. Uh, my family interacts. Raven and him play together. So, it's well, uh, most, most, most canine guys I know. I mean, the dog's part of the family. I mean, they're your partner. Oh, yeah. They're your partner. They live with you. I mean, they're just part of the family. He looks right next to me. You know, he does. I mean, he does everything. He, he literally is by my side 12 hours a day. And so, we haven't been in the car for a couple of weeks, but when he's in the car with me, I mean, he loves it in there. He loves riding that police car. Like he can't get enough of it. He goes, he paces back and forth, barks at everybody. Uh, if you watch some of my TikToks, he's so alert. He'll come to the front, watch people. I mean, Raven will sit in the back and she lays back there just waiting for when her next meal is. <laughs> but you know, she's a, she's a food drive dog. So, you know, she, she knows that when I pop that door open, she's going to work. So she goes right up the car give her the command she searches it she finds it she gets paid you know she doesn't find she didn't get paid which (laughs) i've had people go that's not fair and they're like that means she's always going to be looking that's what i wanted her to do you know so uh i mean most of of the dogs when they're looking for drugs i mean they're they're looking for their toy basically (laughs) oh yeah and so like max is going to turn from a food drive into a toy drive um he's gonna he has a what we call bite sick um, that he that he works for that he gets to play with that that's the only time he gets to play with it when he's when he's doing his job so um but he's a he's a little beast man he uh i'm really blessed to have him he's been a he's been an awesome dog so far but. the canine guys I, I thought about it at one point in my career and uh, i stayed with the motors instead and my thing was the units. I, I, I'm hoping your unit doesn't stink. A lot of the canine units just smell like dogs. <laughs> I mean, it can't help it. They shed. So, well, oh yeah. I mean, hair like Raven. She she sheds hair all the time. Max isn't as bad, but he's just a puppy, so he doesn't shed quite as much. But he's easier to brush and maintain. But Raven, she'll shake in the back, and it just like floats all over the place. So, and she never potties in the kennel. She never will potty in that kennel. Um, so I never had that issue. Now, Max has gotten to this habit where in the mornings, you know, we get up, we go outside, we go to the bathroom, we come back in, we eat. Then we go back outside, you know, go to the bathroom. I get, and then we load for the day. And uh, lately he's testing me because he goes in there and he'll, it's like he saves just enough to test me. Like he'll go back there and he'll, he'll take a, you know, take a 10, 200, <laughs> and it looks like a nugget back there in the back. And I look at him like, you couldn't have got that out when we were outside? You know, and he just sits there and stares at me like, what are you going to do about it? You know? come, I'm just pick, like, to come pick this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, he's like, hey, man, come, come clean this. So, But, he, I mean, he's a puppy still. We're going through puppy stuff. He likes to chew. We've been doing bite stuff with him. He bit me on the back of the arm the other day where we you know, teach him how to bite. He snipped me on the back of the arm. I looked around, turned at him. I was like, nine, like that. And he looked at me like, oh, okay, my bad. You know, <laughs> sorry I bit you. 
but he just he's in that stage he just wants to he wants to play he wants to work so but he's he's been awesome man i i, I never thought it would be like i was nervous because i still wanted to stay canine but since we have to retire raven because of marijuana i was so nervous on and doing that so I, yeah it, it was it's just uh it's different. Raven was all ready to go. She was like the Cadillac of drug dogs. And then now here I am, I'm working and I'm, it's like getting a, you know, a 1990 civic and it breaks down every, you know, <laughs> every 200 miles, but you guys just keep working it. You just keep building it up. And, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to be an awesome canine one day. Me and uh, my wife, bam, we, we're animal lovers. We actually have uh, five great Danes. So, and, that sounds like a horse stable. Oh, it, it's it's horrible. It was by accident. It was by accident. We did not mean to have that many. And uh, but uh, one of them we we was he was gonna some people claim that he was he had bit somebody, and he was a puppy that we had sold because we just bred him one time because we wanted puppies because our two older ones are old and uh. Mm-hmm. We got a call, and the, I knew the animal control lady, and she's like, look, this dog didn't bite nobody, And but if I take him, I'm going to have to put him down. So we went and re- repossessed him, and have had him for, I don't know, years now. And so that was how we ended up with five, because then we have one that she's completely, she's beautiful. She's snow white with crystal blue eyes and completely deaf and can only see out of one eye. So we have her sister we kept, and that's her ears. So that's how we ended up with five. But, yes, I do raise a stable of of dogs. It's 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 quite the, you know, I go through over yeah, 50 pounds I, of food a week. <laughs> I, uh, I have the same problem because we have Max, we have Raven. We also have Tex, who is Max's brother. Uh, we ended up getting him for my other daughter because she wanted to uh, – She's always wanted German Shepherd, so we got her that. We're we're working with him on doing like personal protection. So basically, we have three canines that Tex and Max could Max or Tex could be a a, a police dog. He tested in it um, for the training and stuff. So we we were gonna do it, and we just kept him as a, a he was an awesome he's an awesome dog. And then we also have Lulu and Ralphie, who are both English bulldogs, and. Uh, they're, they are, uh, they're my special children. Um, they, Ralphie has, uh, relations with, uh, Lulu quite often and she's been <laughs> pregnant twice. So we've had puppies, uh, we've got ducks, we've got chickens, uh, we got bearded dragons. We got two Flemish bunnies that I didn't even know. Have you ever heard what a Flemish bunny is before? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> So we walked into Orsland's who Orsland's are the people that also sponsor Max on his food and stuff. So we built a pretty good relation with these people and we walk in, I see these two bunnies. I'm like, Oh, that's sweet. The girls want one bunny. I'll get them a bunny. Like they've always wanted, they'll take care of it and everything. Um, so I, I walked up to him. I said, Hey, how much for the bunny? So she tells me, Oh, I'd sell it to you for 30 bucks. And I'm like, sold. She goes, well, the thing is, you have to take both of them. I go, why is that? They said she, they're Flemish bunnies, and they have to go in pairs. I said, that sounds like some kind of sales technique to me more <laughs> than it is anything else. But, okay, I'll bite. What gives? And she's like, oh, they're just called Flemish bunnies. 
and uh you know they're super soft and everything and i was like okay well you know i'll do two i got three girls here they'll love two rabbits so we get them we get them home everything surprise the girls get them in there you know we bought them this cage and uh everything and i sat down and i was like you know i'm gonna look up this flemish bunny and see like what we need to do just kind of learn about them and stuff so i type in the word flemish bunny and it comes up flemish giant bunny and i was like that can't be the same thing so i redo the search and i put flemish rabbits and it pops up flemish giant rabbits and i'm like okay there's a pattern here so So they get so they get really really big (laughs) uh 45 pounds and up to four foot long oh my god for a rabbit for a rabbit look it up it's the most craziest thing that would make a hell of a stew you can make (laughs) one jacket with one rabbit i mean you know but i wanted to buy some cows or something and some a a pig one time for food and i was informed by my wife that we do not eat our pets so yeah i'm not allowed so if i get any type of animals i mean because you can get a, a, a baby piglet and Nine months oh, later, yeah. get hundreds of, I mean, a lot of meat off of it. But, you know, oh, I'm sure. not going to, I'm not allowed to eat any. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not buying it if I can't eat it. But, yeah. Man, that, so you have like 90 pounds of rabbits now? Yeah. Like, oh, it'd be easy. And I could make probably like a whole wardrobe out of the hair out of it. It's just. They're not breeding, are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we asked them, they're like, is it boy, are they boy girls? And they're like, well, I think they're brother's sister. And so I'm waiting to wake up one day and there'll be like 20 Flemish giant bunny rabbits in there. God. And uh, so, yeah, we, we've got a whole Noah's Ark here. So if the world ever comes in, end, they're going to come to my house and get about 12 <laughs> different species. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy household around here. We keep it, we keep it wild and uh, we're always doing something. We're always busy, but. Well, sounds like uh, it sounds, and uh, you, know, you said, you said your dog, uh, you said the other dog tested high too. Well, I had my dogs tested, and the short bus showed up to pick them up to bring them to dog school. So my, that's, that's where my dogs tested on the intelligence scale. Yeah, Max is super. I mean, he's part human. He just knows. Like today was the first time I ever played fetch with him, and uh, I played with tennis ball with him, just throw it to him and play with it. But today I threw it in the yard. And he grabbed it and brought it right back to me and like literally let me have it. And I was like, well, that's kind of strange. I've never done that with you before. And I threw it again. He brought it back. I did it four or five times. He's going back and get the ball. I mean, this dog basically learned fetch like in just one day, like going out there and just playing around just the, the mental awareness that they have. And um, he's super, super responded to everything. Like if he sees something that doesn't look right, he, you know, he, he watches it. He'll growl a little bit. You know, I look over at him like, dude, you know, if we got into some stuff right now, ain't no way you could even, you could do anything with him. So, <laughs> you know, but he, he's all, he's all bark, no bite. So, but oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm super happy you had us on here. This was, well, I enjoyed it. And, uh, this was the, awesome. about an hour and a half. So we went about to wrap it up. I couldn't let you know, you know, I, you can definitely come back on and, uh, maybe get some for sure videos or something you can send me. We can add to it as, uh, maximus is going through his training yeah for sure for sure yeah he's uh, he goes to st louis uh in two weeks to do his phase two of his training that's the part that i'm not going to do i just i don't have the time so he's going to finish on narcotics 
finish on tracking and then he starts his bite work stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we love followers, man. Anybody that would follow us, um, you know, our, our TikTok page, uh, is not one that's like full of funny stuff because I try to be more positive and it, it kind of went from, you know, just, we're going to do training stuff to where our following people ask questions and I get kids that want to talk about, you know, being in law enforcement. So, so it's kind of evolved in something more than what I thought it would, which is fine. But, um, you know, it's K9 Maximus 506 um, on TikTok. Uh, we do have a Clapper channel. The difference with the two, I don't know if you know, if you follow much on Clapper, but um, it's more the conservative. <clears throat> they're let, they let police officers be police officers on there doing videos. Um, TikTok, I, I've been kicked off TikTok twice. Um, one was we were doing a video in my car and you could see my AR. Uh, handle in there so they booted me for that um even though there's guys on there that have guns all the time on there uh that aren't police officers and then the second time was most recent was about a week and a half ago where i got uh booted because i used the word heroin in a training video uh, but then i just saw somebody rolling a joint you know on on tiktok yeah, on a crazy. tiktok video so it's nuts they you know I don't know who really runs that whole thing or if it's just a thing out for, you know, police officers, but you know, it, as long as we get to spread our message and, and we brighten some people's days and in return, we get to help kids. I'm, I'm all for it, man. And I'm, you're in Missouri, right? Correct. Yep. Northeast Missouri. So, but, uh, if y'all listening, go, if y'all have TikTok, go check them out. Uh, same name on clapper. Also, uh, I like clapper myself and, uh, uh, you got an email address you can put out in case anybody wants to email you or your organization, your K9 for Kids or yeah. anything like so, that? Yeah, um, so our uh, email is K9ForKids at, babe, is it Gmail uh, or Yahoo? Gmail. It's at gmail.com, K9ForKids at gmail.com. They can reach out to us. Um, we do um, – Sharon is like amazing at getting me stuff. Um, we have appearances. We're uh, Georgia, July 31st. We're going to be there for a wrestling match with a bunch of old WWF and WWE people. Uh, Kevin Nash, Bigelow, um, all those guys that used to be big time. They're having a charity wrestling match down there for um, my guy, uh, Paul, that is Bikers Against Abuse. Um awesome dude uh they go and chase down exploited children that have been missing or have been kidnapped and sex trafficking they literally go they team up with uh, law enforcement they go boot doors and get these kids back it's a freaking amazing amazing thing they invited us to come down we're going to be there for special appearance we're going to be giving out shirts and doing all kinds of stuff with them um and then we have another event in texas sometime in october uh, it's going to be another canine event um, in September, we'll have our 17th, September 17th and 18th, we're going to have our um, our Blue Santa event here that's local that we help the underprivileged kids. And we do barbecue contests. We do uh, car shows. We're going to do Meet the Canines where kids will be able to come in and take pictures of canines. We've got vendors. Uh, we got bands that come in and play at night and during the day. So it's a two-day event. It's huge. Um it's it's really awesome. It brings families together, and at the same time, we're we're giving back to the community. 
Um, and then in, in 22, uh, we're going to be in Pittsburgh, uh, April the 26th, 27th, 28th <clears throat> for a blue canine event that's there. And we're going to basically have a booth there where we're spreading our, our deal for the canines for kids event. So, uh, yeah, check us out on there. Uh, we all, you can check us out for Leo's for kids on Facebook too. Um, it shows all of our organization and kind of what we do. So, um, but man, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here and letting us share our stuff. Well, we're gonna have to get uh, you, we're gonna get you back when uh get some updates on that on Maximus as he's going. Look, don't don't hang up yet. I'm gonna do the outro and I'm gonna holler at you real quick. Okay, man. All right, Thanks, just, just hang it. on. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is uh K9 Maximus and I was very happy to have him on. Some funny stories, and the dog's really cute too. And eventually, he's going to be biting people. So, if you ever, uh, if you're in law enforcement and you would like to be a guest or get any stories, I do have some stories. Somebody did email me some. I will be reading. I got two stories. Somebody emailed me. I'll be reading them uh, on another episode. So, y'all come check that out. Uh, like I said, email me a story. I'll read it. If you want to be a guest, let me know. If we can get it. To hooked up and do it no problem we'll keep you anonymous too nobody will know who you are and uh everybody stay safe come back wednesday me and doc will be back uh talking about some news stories and uh i've been seeing a lot of stuff come across my phone a lot of mass shootings and going on stuff crazy crap out there and you know we're good at giving our opinions on that other than that everybody stay safe and remember to always smile because the ice man could always be behind you I'm cranking up on the throttle This is how legends are made